Welcome to The Interdisciplinarian, where product managers share their stories and insights from the field. Thanks for joining me. I'm your host, Alex Cowan. Today, you're going to meet Kiran Kadambi, who is a product manager at eBay. Now, particularly if you're at a place like eBay that has a large, successful infrastructure, the features that you're going to work on as a product manager don't operate in isolation. They're part of a much larger infrastructure. And while you're innovating and thinking about how to make the customer experience better, you still need to have an eye on that big picture so that the whole system and the whole experience still makes sense. Today, Kieran is going to tell us about what it's like to introduce new features in the context of a much larger system. Kieran, thanks for joining us. Thanks, Alex. It's great to be here. Um, Just to kind of set some context, uh, I've been with eBay close to four and a half years now, and uh, uh, some of one of the key big projects that uh, that I was involved in when I in my time here was to build the in-store pickup uh, product for eBay. Now, in-store pickup uh, is is kind of a, a new form of uh, delivery options where a lot of retailers are building lockers or letting people buy online and walk in store and pick it up. So our idea was to how do we get the same concept onto a marketplace like eBay so that eBay becomes your one-stop destination uh, to buy whatever you want and get it delivered uh, however you prefer. So along those lines, when when I started working on in-store pickup, um, it, it what I need to do was understand the full ecosystem that eBay has because eBay has a lot of legacy infrastructure as well as a multitude of features that need to work together. And and so So the basic idea was that I buy something on eBay and I can walk into a location uh, a few miles from my house or my work and and I can just pick it up. I don't have to worry about how it gets dropped off at my house or the the shipping or anything like that. Is that right? Correct. Correct. That's perfectly right, Alex. And it also, you know, gives you protection of uh, or gives you more convenience and control about uh, how you want to take control of your package, right? So if you're on if you're on the subway and uh, you want to stop for a cup of coffee before you head home, and the store is right there, you select that store and walk in to pick up your item. Uh, so having said that, um, given that eBay has this, a complex market, is a complex marketplace with a lot of um, uh, features in place to make it safe for our buyers and sellers. Uh, one of the key things that I had to keep in mind while bu- while building this product was to think about uh, how this product would fit in into the whole ecosystem. So I think what I've used this term before, but how what this entails is that I had to use kind of system thinking to understand how uh, this feature would play in. For example, uh, what was the seller experience like? How would sellers upload their store inventory and let us know that, hey, this is the store located in, uh, you know, the postal code 95054, and how would we surface that inventory to buyers, and how would we decrement inventory in this? What I'm trying to make is the whole ecosystem of right from list, uh, putting an item for sale through buying, through refunds, uh, through any claims. So it was essential for me to think through the whole value chain and uh, in, try, in order to build this product because in order to be successful, you need to account for all the key flows. And to do that, uh, one of the key 
uh, characteristics that a product manager needs to have is is something that I would call a system thinking. Uh, this this would enable you to put what you're thinking of the product and its features or what you plan to build into perspective of the bigger ecosystem and so that you make the right decisions and things don't come as a surprise to you later on. Mm-hmm. And how did you do that? So one of some of the different tools which can help you actually do this, and one of the tools that I used was something known as uh, creating a mind map. Uh, what that means is, it, it basically lays down um, at a high level, lays down all the features that that your product will use in in some sort of a visual and give it a visual representation, so that as you go down this list, you can use this list either as a check off, uh, as a checklist to kind of make sure you're thinking through all the aspects, or and use it to communicate this to a wider audience and use it as a brainstorming utility, and and, so- uh, and as you. You would so you'd start with a, a blank sheet of paper, and you would write down all the major chunks of the the, the sort of infrastructure at eBay, and how they would interact with your new feature. Is that right? Correct. So I, the the couple of approaches. One approach is to write down all the list of features and drill down on how they would uh, interact with your product. The other approach uh, I've used both the approaches in during my time here, and the other approach would be to that is to look at the other way around, which is more top-down, in which case you uh, start out with your product and kind of have a list down or kind of uh, have a quick summary of what the key attributes of it are. And then I drill down into it, into, for example, right? So I know eBay does uh, let sellers list items and buyers buy items, and then there is shipping, and then there is returns and refunds and such. Mm-hmm. So... The second level of drill down after the initial summary would be that, so here are the big areas impacted. Now let's uh, write down selling. Now, and then I, again, expand, I blow up selling into its other components, which eventually helps me drill down to, uh, you know, to a level of detail, which I can then use to brainstorm and and fine-tune in terms of what would be the different areas that I should look at. And then how do you progress from that to implementation specifics with, with the rest of your team to actually get all this, this stuff working and in front of the user? What happens next? Sure. Uh, that's a great question, Alex. And it's, it's an intricate process. So once you identify uh, how different systems are impacted and what are the different systems, the initial process was uh, for me to talk to these people to identify the, the scope of things things that need to change in order to support this feature. Uh, in, in those conversations, uh, sometimes things might be very easy, sometimes they might be difficult, and uh, you know, having been through those conversations, you'll eventually land up with a very good idea of what it needs to take, what is the scope of the activities that are needed, and you use that information to go to the next aspect uh, of it, which is in planning and prioritization and budgeting. Got it. So, once you take that information through that process, uh, you are better positioned to, you know, take it to the next step, which is uh, working with your team to flush out the details of individual uh, individual aspects, and then. And how do you do that? Do you use user stories, or do you guys sketch it out, make prototypes? What? How do you do that with your teams? Wait. So um, again, so some. So there are different. While working with different teams in a larger organization, what you would notice is that 
uh, different teams kind of have a similar yet dif- uh, subtle different approaches mm-hmm. so uh, if if the team i was working with uh, for the most part we had user stories and for the team that we are working with so we used to lay the user stories out use tools like balsamic uh, to lay out rough mocks or sketches in terms of what we have in mind mm-hmm. uh, and then um, and part of this phase also involves working with design and research where we come up with a more uh, high definition um, proof of concept of what we are thinking which we can then parallelly work with uh, and conduct user research to kind of dig deeper and make sure that uh, what we are designing is in line with uh, what our user expectations are got it that that's great and then so you get to this point where you have something you feel like you're ready to put in front of the user let's say then how do you make sure that it's it's really delivering the results that you wanted especially in the context of all these moving parts where how do you what were the metrics for instance that you used to test the different facets of this in-store pickup feature sure um one of the key metrics uh in in the e-commerce world is uh what we known as gmv or gross merchandise volume so it's pretty much what the how much sales happened on ebay the other aspect that we are really attuned to is the conversion uh rate so out of the x number of people coming in and interacting with your feature what percentage of them go on to complete the transaction mm-hmm. that's one of the key metrics that is at the heart of any e-commerce business sure so um so those those are some of the high level metrics that uh, we use and how did it boil down uh, and i can give you an example of that which will speak well to your other question is that so one of the features uh, that in in-store pickup that uh, we use is to let our buyers pick a store location near where they live or where they work uh, which would be convenient for them uh, to pick up the item that they bought on ebay uh in order to do that um we had initially thought about you know providing an interface where our buyers would go ahead and see a list of stores and make a selection and then we would uh, take it from there but what we um found out was that uh, the conversion for that feature which was one of the key aspects of the flows was not really that great initially but then um we then then using some user research we came up with the hypothesis saying that uh this could be because the our buyers could not spatially locate this location or the store with in reference to areas or locations that they understand mm-hmm. so this le- this led us down the path of how so so we- basically if i if i know kind of my route home from from work i i want to make sure that i can just um sort of drop in and pick this thing up but the types of locations that you were presenting them it just wasn't easy to figure that out is that is that accurate but it was more than easy to figure figure it out i think the 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 issue the give me a good example let's say that you bought an item and you want to pick up uh the item at best buy um you know store on iv road but mm-hmm. for and if i and iv road it's a little generic when you give uh for example the name of the store and the address as you know uh, xyz on iv road it 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 distracts the buyer from the purchase flow because they'll have to go look up the address yeah. on google maps or some other application and mm-hmm. before coming back to complete the purchase mm-hmm. so the more users leave your site or leave the flow 
that's less conversion for you. So yeah. what we had to do was um, understand why users needed to do that. And when we did that, one of the reasons we found was that users prefer, uh, or rather, generally people love to when you give them an address, give a get a quick visual cue about how it stands with respect to other landmarks in the area. So if mm-hmm. you show them a quick map of hey, here is the store. Uh, it's right next to the intersection of 238 and Ivy Road. Yeah. Uh, and that immediately gives me a location on the uh, pinpoint on the location. It says, oh, no, wait, that is right next to my uh, my work area, and I can mm-hmm. just drive down and pick it up. Got it. Got it. So we used that, and uh, so we ended up including a Mac component within uh, the store uh, the store widget that we have on eBay. And, uh, you know, we took it to testing uh we did some user research using that uh, using that version, and and we were really surprised to see the results with uh, conversion uh, increasing by a huge margin as opposed to what other conversion of other features on eBay. Um, so we that was a good learning for us, and we incorporated it into into our uh, product, and and we saw a huge gain in terms of conversion and. Uh, and you know, and eventually GMV, which kind of helped make this product a successful uh, product on eBay, and and eventually we expanded it to other countries uh, where eBay has a presence. And um, so originally we talked about the other systems that you would need to kind of attend to and and look at to make sure that this the the insertion of this facility worked with the rest of the the eBay infrastructure, both customer facing and internal. Can you give us a couple examples of places where you had to spend a little bit of time to make sure you understood that and and you were compatible with the rest of the infrastructure? Sure. Um, so keeping the same product in you know in, in mind as we uh, walk through this conversation, um, I initially uh, touched upon how our sellers had to uh, give us the item location and their store information. Um, and such. Now, this is something new to eBay because earlier, uh, the eBay world involved uh, sellers shipping their items, uh, their purchases, or, or their products to buyers. Now, in the new world, uh, what we what we learned while doing this is that we had to uh, find out a new way or a new method to capture this data and efficiently and make it easily accessible. Um, to different systems within eBay, which require this location and inventory information. So this was, for example, something that came out of that exercise, and that led us down the path of, you know, working with the right teams to design this system uh, in such a way that it, it works with the eBay inventory system, but adds the element of location and quantity per location concept. Got it. Now, b- before we close, I'd love to take a few minutes and talk about your career story. Before you were Darden, you were a solution architect at HP. Can you talk about what, what was that job like and, and what things that are important to you now did, did you learn on that job? Sure. Uh, so prior to my time at Darden, um, like you said, uh, I was uh, part of the financial services team uh, at Hewlett Packard, uh, more in the capacity of a solution architect. So what that entailed uh, – there was to uh, think about how we build uh, like scalable financial systems for retail banking operations. Uh, you know that HP could then bundle along with their other products and services and sell to these banks. Uh, 
Um, in terms of what I, I mean, it was a good experience for me to learn more about, I mean, financial systems, uh, but also more uh, along the lines of how do we, uh, you know, when you think about retail banking applications or uh, retail banks and see how they operate, uh, there there are a lot of touch points with uh, technology that that I had to kind of understand bet, in terms yeah. of <laughs> understand a bit in terms of making sure that I build whatever I was architecting at that time uh, to be successful and to be I mean if people have to adopt it has to kind of work in an integrated ecosystem so uh, that kind of got me started down the path of uh, design thinking and system thinking and thinking from the perspective of uh, you know I how do I make sure that this works in a in the whole ecosystem and not just in isolation? Mm-hmm. And um, and then you then you went to Darden. Now um, you graduated in 2010. Is that right? Correct. So you're let's go back to 2008. You're you're the Curran of eight years ago. You're just starting business school. What advice would you give now to that version of yourself? Where where would you focus? What things would you do? Um, yeah, that's a good question. Uh, I would, um, you know, I'd, I'd, that was that I would give myself eight years ago would be to, uh, you know, have more confidence in myself, uh, focus on uh, prioritization of, uh, on fo- do a better job at prioritization, uh, stress on system and design thinking, and, you know, make more friends and have more fun. <laughs> and, um, and, and what is it that you learned at Darden, for example, that, that helped you prepare for your role now? Um, so as a product manager, uh, again, to tie it back to the example I was talking about, I had, to, uh, it, I had to walk through all aspects of it, including, how to, uh, including with uh, our marketing teams to kind of kick off campaigns uh, for product launches as well as with our accounting and finance teams to, you know, how to do on reconciliation of flows and taxes and such. Um, coming from an, uh, so I have an engineering background. So coming from an engineering background, I truly was unaware of uh, most of the aspects in a business world uh, outside of engineering. Mm-hmm. So personally for me at Darden, that was one of the core uh, areas where uh, I really you know, learned a lot and enjoyed the process of Darden. Uh, but the other aspect was also in terms of development of a lot of the softer skills in, and people handling and people management that uh, that you learn at Darden. Got it. And um, you have a great story about your your process from basically graduating Darden to starting your job at eBay. Can you tell us about that? <laughs> I don't know if it's a great story, Alex, but um, I've when I graduated in 2010, the job market was not that great. Uh, we were just coming out of the recession, uh, or actually, I think we were still in it. Uh, that, at least that's how it felt for somebody who was graduating and looking for a job. Uh, so I had a natural inclination towards technology. And um, and during my internship, I had interned out on the West Coast as well. So I figured that, uh, you know, there's no better place for me to be uh, than the West Coast, you know, right in the heart of Silicon Valley. So um, I said, there's no point in wasting time. Uh, got rid of all my stuff in Charlottesville, uh, put my clothes into my car, and I just drove. I, I just <laughs> started one fine day and drove out to the West Coast and uh, landed in San Jose, um, got a 
accommodation uh, at at a place which was really shady. Well, uh, as a new graduate, didn't have too much money, mm-hmm. but went about that uh, and eventually landed my first gig. Um, and you know, and then which you know, which was at eBay? Well. Is that right? Oh, uh, uh, no, my first gig was at Walmart uh, e-commerce. Oh, okay, that's right. Yep. So, and then you know, and then my first gig. So I think what really helped me um, through this process. You know, was uh, an underlying belief in my capabilities, and that you know, if you have it in you, you can just go go out there and make it happen. And I mean, how long did this take you between you you land in this dive in San Jose where you were living to okay, great, you've got a job at Walmart e-commerce now? How long did that take? That took me. Uh, so I landed in San Jose in June, early June, and uh, I landed this job sometime in September. And, and how, uh, how many interviews do you think you did? I did uh, a handful of interviews. I, I don't recall a count off the top of my head, but mm-hmm. it was a it was a handful. Uh, there were too many people were not hiring. People were just, you know, were cautious about hiring given the economy. But I landed a few interviews though because I was right in Silicon Valley, and given I wanted to be in tech, uh, it was the right place to be. So I ended up getting a few interviews, and eventually uh, one of them worked. And, and I'm sorry. Go, go ahead. ahead. What advice do you have for MBAs that are that are interested in doing what you do, that are interested in being product managers in high tech, particularly for those that, that don't have a, a STEM undergrad or engineering background? Yeah, good question, Alex. The first thing I'll say is you, you, uh, it's kind of outright, right? Um, you don't need a STEM undergrad or an engineering background or a coding background to be a product manager. Um and that period, I've worked with all different types of product managers, and some of the really good ones don't necessarily have a technology background. But what you do need is a love for technology and understanding of how things work. Uh, by that, I mean, uh, you know, understanding, for example, you know, say you have a smartphone and you have apps. So at a high level, understanding what the capabilities of apps are is really required, rather than mm-hmm. understanding the code level features or something like that. Um, so having that and having the people skills to be a PM, the the patience, uh, the perseverance, and as well as uh, you know, and you know, knowing you know how to have fun and how to get along with people. Those kind, those are the kind of skills you need, uh, not really coding skills. Got it. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Kieran. This has been great. Thanks, Alex. Thanks for having me. All right. So. A couple of things that I thought were really interesting about what Kieran said is, is number one, the way that he maps out the whole system. And I'm sure that he's worked hard to improve his understanding of that. So as we design a feature, we don't just, in a place like eBay, we don't just look at our individual feature. We map out all the big moving parts of the infrastructure that we operate in. And we go and we use our capability as interdisciplinary innovators to go out and understand our interface to those other areas and validate how we're going to how we're going to interact with those successfully. Thanks so much for joining us. If you would like to learn more about building great products and features, I can't help but mention our agile development specialization, which is available at uh, on Coursera at bitly high high agile bit.ly forward slash h i a g i l e. The Interdisciplinarian is a production of Darden Media, 
in cooperation with the Batten Institute at UVA's Darden School of Business.